0: Hi, Nikki, how are you today?
1: I'm good, how are
0: you? I'm really good. Um, Thank you for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate you for being flexible and allowing me to record at your house. How are you today? I'm
1: doing good. It's a Saturday with not a whole ton going on, so it's a a weird one.
0: Yeah, it is weird when we're not doing much on a Saturday, at least for me. I thought it'd be a great idea to have you on to get to know you a little bit, but as well for you to talk a little bit about Oblivion. Um, I know that there's seasons coming up. I know that they are really excited and are really wanting to do some great work this season Um, so first let's start by getting to know you tell me a little bit about yourself how you played started playing soccer and we'll go from there
1: okay well I am Nikki Miller and but I was not born a Miller I was born a Grimaldi and um, I grew up in Southern California and started playing soccer at seven years old so my parents Uh, very athletic background. My parents are both cops and did a bunch of, my mom was a collegiate tennis player. My dad was a runner and has multiple degree black belts and all the things and stuff. So I think I was hardwired athlete from the beginning. And um, so they put me in t-ball originally Mm -hmm. uh, with all boys, which was not really a problem, but it was really boring. Mm -hmm. And so my mom was like, how about we try soccer? And they had never played before. And so in California, it's called, or it was called, I don't even know if it still is, but Mm A-Y-S-O. And so rec league soccer at seven years old for the Golden Strikers, and I fell in love with it. Yeah. So that's where it all started. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I did well. And so it was like, okay, now it's time to move from, Mm -hmm. you know, rec league to trying out for club and everything. And so club, you know, now is really different than it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I calculated, so I'm 37 years old, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So I've been playing soccer for 30 years now, which is kind of like a weird to time. say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, then when we tried out for a club team, it was like there was one team, and yeah. you either made it or you didn't. And if you didn't, you went
0: try it and out for a
1: different team, um, or you decided that. You weren't gonna play club anymore, and maybe you're gonna play rec or high school or whatever. So, anyway, that's kind of where it all started for me, and um, got on one club team, and then decided it was time to try out for a different club team. And the second one that I tried out for was called Lady Renegades at first, and then it's what became Slammers FC in Slammers California. FC. Um, so they're, they're a powerhouse in California and stuff. So that was really the beginning of Slammers. And so, um, that was a team that I stayed with all the way through when I went to college. Yeah, it was, uh, people used to call it a dream team. Mm -hmm. It really was. So we had just every player on the team was amazing. And so it was cool because you have all of these amazing players who actually enjoy working together as a team. Mm -hmm. And so it was really kind of an unstoppable
0: like a force, you know. and then everybody I imagine just ended up playing D one at different schools.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, cool. pretty cool. much everyone went D one at that point in time, and so um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. We did well.
0: Are you still in contact with any of the slammers?
1: Yes. Cool. Yeah, several players, and you know you, you catch up, and you're on yeah. Facebook or Instagram or whatever. That, you those know. are
0: different friendships. You went through battles with those guys, those girls. So, so what part of California?
1: Um, southern California. So I grew up in a town called Rossmore, or Los Alamitos. Okay. So in, in the southern part of, of the state. So Yeah.
0: Cool, cool. From the Slammers to OSU. Um, but I'm curious, when did you start taking it serious? Like when did it, when did you make that decision, that switch to take it for real?
1: So that's a really good question. Um, I think, so when it went to club, I don't think I really knew exactly what, what club was at that mm-hmm. point in time um you know it was like okay you're you're too good to stay in rec so it's time to go to club and try it out for one club team and I didn't make it so I was like ah uh, you know
0: that's a big cookie to chew f- when you transition I remember my transition from going to just playing club and then saying hey come and play and then you get thrown in to beat the heat and yeah no it's it's a big cookie to chew at first
1: yeah so when I made the second club team they were great um, but I don't know what the shift was from there to it's, it's time for something else. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, my mom is She's, crazy competitive she and seemed stuff like she too. noticed that you needed a challenge. Probably. Mm-hmm. And that's when, um, I tried out for Elaney Renegades mm-hmm. and then, um, the lady that was coaching at the time, her name was Gail and she stayed with us the whole time. She had a daughter on the team and she was the coach, she was the coach oh, and she awesome. eventually brought in, um, Corey who, um, he and Walid are brothers and they're the ones who run Slammers FC and everything. Um, so that we could kind of take that, the team to the next level really Mm -hmm. at that point in time. And so for me, it probably was once Z was there that it got a lot more, um, competitive Mm -hmm. and I wasn't playing at first. So Mm -hmm. I was a forward and I was on the bench a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm a super competitive person and so I don't want to be on the bench. You know, you want to, want to be in the game. And I remember having extreme like confidence issues during that time. Um, you know, if you've, if you've ever sat on a bench, you know, yeah, it it's not super fun, no, right? Nobody wants to sit on the bench. It's horrible. Never. Um, and so it was one of those like turning point moments where my mom was like, okay, listen, you have like three options so you can quit and find another team, Um, well, it was quit, quit and find another team, or you can work on it, and we can get some private lessons, and you can see what what you want to do, and so I elected the private lesson route, and I probably, I don't even know how old I was at that time, I probably would say like maybe 11 or 12 which if I look at, I have a seven-year-old son who's been playing in academy since six and doing private lessons already at Mm -hmm. six years old. I'm that crazy mom. Um, But that wasn't my story. And so I don't know if I was, early to the game, late Mm -hmm. to the game, right on time to the game. Like I literally have no idea other than that's, Mm
0: -hmm. that's
1: when I got to the game. And so I think, you know, once I started training, Oscar was the guy who was from Argentina. I started training with him and I had a couple other trainers where, you know, we'd have some shooting practices or skills practices and all these kinds of things. And so, um, I think it was once I started to do that, you know, we're invested now, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're, we're paying money you're seeing your
0: parents pay. Yeah. You're, you're realizing that, okay, maybe I got to not slack off.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't know that that was necessarily in the back of my head other than it was like, this is what we're doing. And I wasn't fighting it. It was like, okay, I don't want to be on the bench anymore. And so here's what I'm going to do to try to get back in the game. And so I, you know, started to get better or, or whatever it was. Um, but Ziad came up to me at practice one night and said. Um, I would like to try you at defense rather than at forward. And so he's like, Would you be up for that? And I always tell players do not knock a position ever, never.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, because here's the deal. When you can learn to play all the positions, maybe you're better at one than another, but you become this amazing utility player Mm -hmm. that probably is never going to go off the field. And then you start to like put stuff like, I can bend the ball however I want, Mm -hmm. put the ball wherever I want, I can throw the ball far. And like you start to make yourself irreplaceable on the field. And so for me, I, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Because... Like I tell my son, playing is better than not playing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't want to say no because that's almost even worse. Like we needed you, you said no, okay. And you never know. Maybe playing defense will teach you something that you can use when you play offense, you know?
1: It's true, but I think it's a life lesson too if you want to think about it. So, I mean, even think about at work. Should you say yes to everything? No, not necessarily, but should you say yes to things to get experiences? Because that's how you discover what Mm -hmm. it is about you that is... Great or not so much or Mm -hmm. like I'm really good at this or I didn't know. So I think saying yes and trying things is really important and that benefited me greatly because I never left the field after that.
0: Dang, okay. Did that does that mean you ended up being a defender? I was. No. So he that was the moment.
1: That was the moment.
0: Wow, okay.
1: And I wasn't a left footed player, but I played on the left side. Okay. And my left foot got good. Wasn't great, but Mm -hmm. it got good. I never was a super skilled player, so I wasn't ever you know, the person taking on a million players, mm-hmm. but um I was super resilient. I was tough to get by. You know, I like playing on the left because, you know, usually had really strong right footed players. So I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, put me wherever the best kid is and let me mark them up. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, that's where I played the whole time and got really good at putting the ball wherever I wanted it and, cool. you know, keeping it out of the net, right? And mm-hmm. becoming a playmaker and, and passing balls and creating opportunities and spaces and stuff like that. And so for me that was really really impactful. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I freaking loved it. Like I I love playing defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. you're, 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 um, destroying forward's egos. That's right. That's, that's the best thing to do. It's almost (laughs) like, why is a goalie a goalie? Because he likes to be that one guy. That's like, not me, not me. Um, before we leave that era of your, I guess your career, um, is there one moment that you always look back on? Like maybe your best club moment or that a play that you're just like, yeah, if I can maybe watch that play being played or something like that in your club years.
1: I don't know that I would say it was a play as much as it was a culture mm. for me that I remember the most. So like I said, this this team was this dream team. Mm-hmm. But everything that we did, we did together. So I've got these pictures of, you know, we'd be going to tournaments. And so um, we would have red shirts and matching overalls. Mm-hmm. And we would take pictures of these things. And we would just show up and and crushed teams. I mean, because we were together. Yeah. And I think that's so important because especially now when you have all these players who are playing college and you've got the NIL and all this stuff, and maybe it hasn't impacted soccer as much yet, but it will. Um, you can have this star player on a team, right? And they can go score all the goals. But what happens when the star player is injured? Mm -hmm. You want a team of star players, but who can work together? and that, to me, is what I remember the most is it was the true definition of a team. Mm. Everybody's pulling their weight, everybody's putting in their time, and everybody's showing up to train. and that's why we were awesome mm. and we liked each other. Mm-hmm. and I think especially in for girls mm. that's that's special, you know that doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. so that's what I remember the most and um, the other thing that I'll say is, we used to go to Surf Cup every year. Mm. And what we would do is, um, that was in San Diego. So it was from where we lived about mm, two hours ish or so to get there. And so we would rent one of those big white vans. Oh, cool. And um, Z would be in the driver's seat, and Gail would be in the passenger seat, and then we would all be in the back. And, um, so the whole team would travel to surf cup together and we'd be singing at the top of our lungs, you know, songs and stuff like that. Well, the
0: parents are in the tail behind you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, chalk the windows Mm -hmm. and, and do all the things and stuff. And so that's, it's, I don't know. I think it's just like showing up, competing together, winning together, Mm -hmm. losing together, but just being together. Yeah. That's hard Um, to
0: replicate outside of sports.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. You can't do that without sports. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And that's valuable. Uh, at what point did you start contemplating where you were going to go play after playing club ball?
1: So, you know, letters start to come in. I can't remember what time, you know, that, that was at that time. I didn't think it's even different and How did now. you
0: go about recruiting? Cause recruiting now is different than it is. So different. Than it was.
1: So my mom, um, w- like keeps impeccable records. I mean, she's got scrapbooks of all the things.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Your mom sounds pretty cool. (laughs) My
1: mom is awesome. And so, um, she kept like a resume for me and she did it for my brother too. I should probably let you know that my brother's a professional hockey player. So like we, and Mm -hmm. we're, we're seven years apart. I'm the oldest, but you know, this, um, culture of athletics and you know, this never give up fight attitude and stuff like that, that was cultivated in us from a really early age. And so she used to keep this resume for me and um, it would have, you know, like pictures of me and just like things that went on during the year, things that we won or whatever. And we would send some of that out to college coaches, inviting them to come watch us play. And because our team was so good and, and, the the prospects on our team, like it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had girls going to UCLA and Oklahoma state and, um, I think USC, I mean, top schools across the nation. And so it wasn't hard to get scouts to come out and watch. Mm. Um, they were always there. And so whether it be at surf cup or at nationals or regionals or state or, you know, whatever it is. And of course we're in California. And so that's, that's, prime, Mm -hmm. um, you know, real estate for recruiters to come and watch players and everything. And so um, that's when it started to get really serious, you know, as everybody, you you start talking about college, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the next step. Um, And many of us played high school as well. So it wasn't uncommon to be in a club season and also a high school season Mm -hmm. as well. And so we all played for our high school teams and stuff too.
0: Is that in the spring or in the fall?
1: That's a good question. I think we played both seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, like God, I really don't remember how high school worked, but, but it worked in together, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, and we all went to pretty good high schools too. And so, you know, it's like you start to kind of go and you're like, okay, college is the next thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And at the time, and you read a lot of this and even the, the research on, you know, college and why athletes pick colleges and stuff. For me, I was going for my sport. Mm-hmm. I figured, yeah, I'll just figure out my major whenever I get there and stuff. And so I knew that the next step would was college. And so, you know, you'd start to get... Well, I started to get these packets in the mail from colleges of, you know, check this out and check this out and check this out. And so, um, and then it was, you know, once they're allowed to start calling and stuff like that mm-hmm. too, and then you're you're getting calls and some different things and it's like, oh, well, holy cow, like this is, this is, this is real. Like this is actually happening. And... Um, and okay, I'm good, I'm good enough to do this. Like somebody thinks I'm good enough to do this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel the pressure of that, that I remember that much. Um, I don't know why, unless like they just insulated me from it. But for me, the pressure started when I tore my hamstring, um, I think it was my junior year. It was prime recruitment season mm. and I tore it out of the origin. So it was like a pretty big deal. We were running sprints at practice and I was mm. next to the girl next to me and I'm running, running, running. And then all of a sudden I heard what, what sounded like a tree branch breaking and then the, mm. and, um, and I was like, Oh, you know, Great. And Mm -hmm. so that was about a year long recovery. So what was really stressful during that time is I went from having all these amazing colleges recruiting me to like, why aren't they calling anymore? Mm -hmm. And that kind of freaks you out, you know, because you're like, oh, my God, like I I'm about to go D1 and they're not calling anymore. So am I going to college? Like, am I not going to college? Like what is happening? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's debilitating and stuff too, because, you know, you're in your head about it and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I started to get better and was able to, you know, get back on the field. But of course, like, you know, at the beginning when you're rehabbing from an injury like that, like it's, it's not easy getting back, you know, you're, you're not at your your, you gotta build your, your fitness, best. Yeah. Confidence on the field. All of it. Um, and, so it just so happened that I was at a uh, surf cup. I think it was surf cup. Yeah. And we were playing and I was, I was back at mm-hmm. that point in time. And, um, now this doesn't happen all the time. So I don't want the listeners to think that like this goes this down in games on weekend, a regular Every, every Thursday score OKC. Okay, yeah. Happens. Yeah. Um, but I scored a goal from the halfway line. Oh, wow. It was, it was sick. Like it was like one of those reach like, yeah, kick yeah. it and it goes like straight over the goalie's put me head. In the play. Like, where'd you get yeah. the ball? Like, how, why um, did
0: you decide to shoot it from the half? What gave you the.
1: I don't know. I just, it's like it, it came from this side and I put it left. forward. Yeah, I'm on the left, and it came to me, and I, I put it forward. I'm in the middle of the field, and I just, I, I just rip it. To launch it. And um, I don't remember if the goalie was out or not or what. Like, I don't think they were out like super far or anything like that. But I mean, I just, like, I put it in, and it just so happened that Oklahoma State was at that game. Wow. And so, I think you know, I, I don't believe in coincidence. Mm-hmm. I think that was a, a, a God moment um, where it was like, okay, this was the right school at the right time. To see that play, yeah. and um, I don't know if that was what made them start wanting to recruit me. I, I like to think that I was awesome before I scored that goal. You yeah, know? your mom kept a
0: really good resume, <laughs> but that that might have uh, been the cherry on top to make the yeah. resume look.
1: So um, anyway, they started recruiting me um, pretty immediately <laughs> and stuff like that too. And so after taking a trip to Oklahoma State, um, it was it was amazing. I mean, it was like. You know, I'm from big time California, right? Yeah. Like there's cars and there's traffic and there's all the things. And then you go to Oklahoma and there's like Still water. grass.
0: Yeah. Did you drive or did you fly? <laughs> we drove. Oh. Okay. Actually,
1: the first time that we went, we flew because we came on the official trip. Yeah. My mom and I went on the official trip. And so... Um... I think you son's so Oh. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> so we flew and, um, you know... Stillwater is a really special place if you've never been there. Mm-hmm. Um and especially if you haven't been there, go um toward the end of the month um because the walk around, the OSU walk around is okay. happening and that's awesome. Inside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know it was a football weekend. I mean, they mm-hmm. planned the recruitment perfectly, mm-hmm. right? Like the sights, the smells, All the things. Everything's
0: orange. It's fall. It's fall. Oh, my gosh. It's fall.
1: All of it. mm -hmm. And it was mesmerizing. Um, I had never seen anything like that or experienced anything like that. And, you know, it was like the girls on the recruitment trip with me were all really cool. They were going to be in my class. Like, it it was awesome. At the time, um, Karen... Mm-hmm. was one of the head coaches, and she's still uh, one of the head coaches now. And um, her parents would have breakfast for the team on Sundays before the games. Whoa. And they made eggs and um, I think it was waffles and like deliciousness. And so we would have that before Sunday games and everything, and we'd go to the house. And so it was just this like – it was this home away from home and I was going to be so far from home. yeah. And so I really was looking for a place that felt like home, but also had a really good team that could mm-hmm. compete. And um, the year before I got in, they had won the Big 12 tournament.
0: Oh, really? They, I mean, they have a solid program. It's a really solid. solid. Yeah. 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 OSU, I don't think OU touches uh, OSU there. <laughs> but yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> how was your time at OSU?
1: It was amazing. Um, I will say, though, that it didn't start out amazing. And so when I came to OSU, my thought and expectation was I'm going to be a contributor straight out of the gates, Mm -hmm. um, and I am going to contribute immediately. And that wasn't what happened. Um, Again, on the bench Mm -hmm. for the first little bit. And it's like I was still playing in every one of the games, but definitely not any kind of minutes that I want it to be.
0: Yeah, we were talking about eating that cookie, taking that cookie from going to rec to club. Now you're going from club in high school to college. That's, that's another big cookie to eat too.
1: Yeah, and you're like the little fish in the big pond
0: again. Yeah, you're pond back again. to square one. Yep. Freshman.
1: And I'm a freshman trying to compete for a spot on the team, you know. and um,
0: They just won Big 12, so they must have some players coming back that are just solid. You yeah, know, it was a spot. good team.
1: And we had a good freshman class coming in, and we had some good transfers coming in. One of them who came in came into the position that I was going to be playing in, too. And so and she was great. And um, so it just was – it wasn't what I had hoped that it would be. And so, of course, you know, the confidence stuff starts again mm-hmm. to where you're like, okay, do I, like, try to stick it out? Like, is this ever going to get better? Um, can I do this? Should I – have gone somewhere else closer to home. Um, And I considered transferring, but it never felt right. Uh, It never, it was one of those things where it's like, I always tell people that when you're going to leave something, it can't be an emotional decision. And you have to be running to something, not Mm. from something. And had I made that transfer decision, I would have been running from something And I think that what's been built in me over the years of this resiliency is it it doesn't happen perfectly for me every time, right? When something bad happens, I go in the fetal position too. I cry, I eat and gain weight Mm -hmm. and do the things, right? Like that happens, but I always get up Mm -hmm. and I always find a way back, and I know that about myself. And so I think what sports, if you allow it to do for you and what we have to see in athletes now is that resiliency. Mm-hmm. Because so much of what we... um, Okay, back to it. What I was going to say is so much of what we see right now Resilience. is we have the resiliency. Yes, but we contend with this additional layer, especially, um, boys and girls, both this additional layer of, um, confidence issues, right? Because we have social media Mm -hmm. and we have all of these things that we can compare ourselves to. And we have so much information that we literally don't even know what to attend to. And so the assumption is we're not good enough. We'll never be good enough someone's always going to be better. There's, there's nothing Mm -hmm. better, you know, whatever. And if we're not strong enough, we succumb to this lie that we can't be better. Mm -hmm. And so I think what was important for me in that season and what's going to be important for me as a mom, when I'm talking to my kids, when they go through these difficult things, or if I'm talking to other, um, you know, younger players, or even, even, Players on my team. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm not one of the young ones on the team. Okay, like I'm the old lady, not the oldest lady though. Um, <laughs> but I'm one of them. Is you know, life is hard sometimes, mm-hmm. and nobody was promised an easy road. But the thing is, is we get better um, when we push through. Yeah, and we get to experience this other story of here's what I did when the going got tough. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me sitting on the bench like that, I had done that before and I had a formula for success. Mm -hmm. Did I know it was going to work? No, not necessarily. That's
0: never guaranteed.
1: No, but I had experienced it before. Now in club, had I decided to quit I might have quit in college. Had I decided to change to a different team in club, I might have done that in college because I did that before. But what I did in, in club was I hunkered down and I said, let's get after it. And so in college, I did the same thing. And um, I found myself on the field again and able to contribute every minute of every game
0: nice this was to freshman year or
1: uh well let's say sophomore, sophomore year sophomore year okay so freshman year um you know half of the game or whatever you know yeah. it just kind of depended on on the game on the and the day and stuff and, right mm-hmm. but like me getting through that first year mm-hmm. and seeing like yeah so i mean i i went back into to defense and i i played and i contributed to every single game after that. Um, what was nice about what I mentioned earlier about being able to kind of be that utility player is we Mm -hmm. had a player get injured. I can't remember if it was my sophomore or junior year. I want to say it might've been sophomore year, um, in the center midfield. So I was able to go in and, you know, contribute some minutes there and stuff too. And every once in a while they'd let me go up to forward and, and try to score a goal and stuff like that, which was cool. Um, but my my primary love was always defense. left back. Yeah.
0: Nice. And then, so you did all four years there at OSU? I did. And then just completed the, every minute of, what, junior and senior year as well?
1: Yeah, sophomore, junior, and senior year. And um, we got to, excuse me, go to the Big 12 tournament um, all the years that I was there. And then the NCAA tournament, I think three out of four. Um, and so that was a really big deal for the program because we hadn't really been doing that on a consistent basis and stuff. And so that was really kind of the start, um, or it was becoming the start, you know, right before I came in and stuff. Yeah.
0: Nice. Nice. And then I guess transitioning after that, was it hard to stop playing for you?
1: Yes. Um, when I, when I stopped playing, so soccer's a fall sport, so you finish, you know, in November ish mm-hmm. or whenever the NCAA tournament finishes. Um I was really fortunate that we were at the NCAA tournament and we were actually drew a seed in California. Oh wow. And so my last game was against UCLA and um, you know, they were a powerhouse and, mm-hmm. and still are and we lost that game but we we played a good game but i was able to finish where i started and my entire family was there to to watch it and mm-hmm. everything too so that was really cool um but yes after after playing um there's just this or was this sort of like this like void <laughs> yeah and like this disillusionment of like Like I said before, I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years now. So at seven, I fell in love with this sport that I wanted to, you know, play for the women's national team and like everything that you did with soccer, every vacation that you went on was around soccer. Um, It's the longest standing commitment in your life, aside from the fact that I've been born to my parents. And then it's just over. And it's done. And at that time, there wasn't a whole lot for women after that. It was right when some of the leagues were going on, but they were folding. Mm. And so kind of a bummer time for me, of course, Um, just the timing of it all. And so, you know, it's like I, I graduated from college. I moved back home. Home doesn't feel the same because... I haven't lived there for four years. Um, I was in a relationship for all four years while in college. We broke up. So I come home, and that's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and soccer's gone, and it just was the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. And um, I had gotten a really good community in Stillwater outside of the team with the church church family that I um became very close to, and so I found myself really missing that community of people and the friendships, and so I had gotten some post-grad scholarships from the NCAA after playing and stuff, and um, and I will tell you, too, that uh, just sort of a sidebar, um, I was OSU's Female Athlete of the Year nice. right before I left college. And I don't say that to necessarily like, say, wow, I'm awesome. But what I say to that is to go from being a kid who sat on the bench when I first started and looked at the situation and said... I'm not content with this. I'm going to do something about it to being able to realize that at the end of four years, that to me is what the amazing part, Mm -hmm. even it would have been amazing had I not gotten that. But I think that that is really a a cool, Mm -hmm. you know, factor and stuff. And so, um, I just, you know, I wasn't ready to be done. Um, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who I was or what I was doing or anything like that. And so, a friend of mine who was on my club team she was like hey i'm playing for a semi-professional team called la legends you want to play you know you me and brie are all gonna play and i was like sure why not like let's let's do it and so i was toying with using some of the post-grad scholarship money to like go in the fall and get my master's at cal state fullerton and and do some of that stuff in like like kinesiology i thought "Well, okay maybe i'll just go into like sports mm-hmm. training and all of that." And so I, I started playing with LA Legends, and um, we did one trip to Washington, um, like Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. It was a really fun trip and everything. But I I was not in a good headspace at that time. Like, everything you've heard me say has been, like, commitment and resiliency mm-hmm. and devotion and all this stuff. Like, something was not right because I was just not invested. Mm-hmm. And it I... I lasted for a few weeks, I think maybe a a month and just decided that just wasn't, it it didn't feel like college. It didn't feel like club. You just didn't
0: have it in you anymore.
1: Yeah. And it just, the team wasn't what I exactly necessarily wanted it to be, but it wasn't as organized. Right. Like, and so I told the coach at the end of one of the games, like, thanks so much. But like, this just isn't where my heart is anymore. And I'm going to go ahead and go back to Oklahoma and start a master's program there. And so I did that. And I went back um, to start a master's program and, um, and stayed there, you know, kind of through that time. So once I finished playing then, that would have been in summer 2008. I did not play again until 2011, 2012 maybe. Um, when my husband was working for Ernst & Young and we were here in the city and playing at Soccer City, uh, one season of indoor with his, uh, work team. And so then after that, I did not play again until 2019 when wow. I was in the middle of doing my dissertation about the transition to life after sport and what happens to an athlete's athletic identity, um, you know, like with what I was talking about, just being totally just what in the heck. And so I thought, okay, well, my son kept asking me like, mom, am I ever going to see you play? Like, will you ever play again? And I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll do it. You know? And then I finally was like, well, what the heck am I waiting for? Let's just do it. Because that way I could put myself in the frame of mind of that athlete mindset again and stuff. And so I played outdoor, I think it was like a nine V nine, seven V seven, nine V nine outdoor, whatever with a bunch of dudes and it was fun um I played a few games and then that was it and then I didn't pick up playing again until March of 2022 wow so um yeah it's been a like Mm -hmm.
0: like some big gaps yes and then what were you doing is that when Oblivion kind of started coming into the picture or like I'm curious as to how and why you ended up here at Oblivion
1: So I didn't know anything about Oblivion when I first started playing again. Mm -hmm. Like I was playing at Soccer City. I played in a women's league to get started. And then when that ended and that team wasn't going to play again because they only would like play certain seasons Mm -hmm. – um, I was like, well, gosh, I need to like find another team to play for because I can do this again. And I, I originally, I'll tell you, I stopped playing originally when my husband and I first uh, got married because we were working and the games at soccer city were at like nine, ten o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those where I was like, okay, I'm an adult professional now. And I probably need to like
0: really get some hours of sleep, yeah, not, sleep but, and
1: yeah. not look like a bum in the morning at work and stuff. Now I've just committed to less sleep and bum life. How's um, that working out? <laughs> Are you happier? Actually, yes, Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm doing what I love and enjoy to Mm -hmm. do. And, um, you know, there's time to sleep later. Mm -hmm. But um, so, yeah, like when I first started playing and I I couldn't find a team because it was really hard to, like, get on a team in a league that I wanted to because, you know, a lot of those teams stay together for a million years. Mm -hmm. And so I just was playing pickup at Score OKC on Thursdays and getting to know people. And then I finally just started like circulating my number out there to say like i'll sub i'll do whatever and so i would sub on these teams and kind of get a feel for like okay this team feels good or this team maybe doesn't feel as good or you know whatever these
0: teams are like families you know they are hesitant about bringing somebody in and even when they do there's this wall there yes yeah
1: and there's drama and there's different stuff and so Mm -hmm. it was like i was looking for my band you know, like the I, like the right I, band.
0: You worked uh, maybe 10 years at ISA from scorekeeping to reffing. And I've seen how the community comes in and goes out. So I've seen all those families and the yeah. dramas and... Yeah, it's it's unique. (laughs) unique. It is.
1: And it's a really small world, too. So it's like if you're playing on a team and, you know, you play against this other team and you have the beef with this player, then they might be on your team that you're playing with the next time or whatever, Mm -hmm. too. And so like you just you learn that it's such a small world. So I was able to get on this team called Post Office that I'm still on the team and stuff when we play on Saturdays. And it's like one of my favorite teams to play with. And just, it feels good. We've got a bunch of gritty players who just Mm -hmm. like go out there and work hard and work together. And it's just fun. Like competing to me is fun Mm -hmm. and motivational and stuff. And so I was about 20 pounds heavier than I am right now. And, um, you know, I've had two kids in, in that time, one in 2015 and one in 2018. So I'm carrying baby weight and just you know, lazy person weight and all this stuff. But I'm like, okay, like I'm like putting goal and I'm playing forward. Okay. So I'm not playing defense, playing forward now. And you know, my goals are worth two, which used to really kind of make yeah. me pretty angry at first. But now I see the strategy in it. So I'm like, give me the ball so we can get two goals. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So, you know, I was like playing good and I'm scoring and I'm scoring in every game. And I'm like, okay, like what can this body still do? What do I have left? Do? <laughs> like, let's let's push this push this a little bit uh-huh. and so um i hired a registered dietitian wow. in october last year okay and so it's been a year i've lost 20 pounds okay. I've got my muscle back um and i've been you know working on the side sometimes with uh, some friends and stuff to sharpen myself and and do all that so for me oblivion came in the picture
0: Jesus, you weren't doing anything, and now you're in the. Let's see how. Let's see what we got. Now you. Now we're sitting semi pro. Season's about to start.
1: Yeah, and so um, yeah, Oblivion didn't come in the picture because I knew nothing about yeah. it. I didn't even. I didn't know anything about what was going on in, in Oklahoma. I mean, I'm not from here, and and you know, and where I went to school in Stillwater. So like, I ha- literally had no idea. And so, um, it came into the picture. I'm trying to remember when. Um, It's been a few months now, probably at least six months or so that I learned about it. They, I think, were done probably with their season by the time that I learned about it. And I was like, oh, there's a semi-pro team. Like, are they any good? Like you know, whatever. And so those
0: little questions start popping up. Yep.
1: All the questions. And it's like, okay, what league is the highest league at soccer city? Am I in the highest league? Like, am I competing? Like, could I compete with these girls? Yeah. Like I I have, I have these goals and like who, what girls on that team, you know, whatever, like, let's see. And so I started talking to people and it was like, okay, Okay, like, maybe we can do this. And then um, a girl named Brie called me and was like, I'm putting together a team to play in this tournament over Memorial Day weekend. And, um, you know, will you play with us and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we end up playing against Oblivion and we got beat um and it was okay because we had a you know young team and we first got started and stuff we never played together but I felt like we did pretty good um I could play the first day but I couldn't play the second day because we were going on vacation and stuff so they played them again but um but after the game like I met Amanda Miller and she was like you you're gonna come try out for our team right and I'm like what you know, and let me think about that because, you know, I'm a mom and I work full time mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I coach too on the side and stuff. And so it's like, how how do you do this? Like, and my kids aren't little, like they're not tote babies anymore. Mm-hmm. They're like full blown in their own activities and mm-hmm. stuff. So like, is this even possible? And, um, and so they were like, well, we're, you know, we could be flexible and different stuff like that. But I'm like, but what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. like I'm a scheduled person and so like, you don't do a dissertation while working full time and having two babies in the middle of the program by, by n- not having a plan. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I just told my husband, I'm like, let's just take this a day at a time and see what happens and let's see if I can do it and you know, whatever. And so it's been okay so far. So I've had to reschedule several things. I've had to miss, uh, you know, before and stuff too, but it's like trying to figure out, you know, life doesn't necessarily end with motherhood. Mm-hmm or college ending, or any of those things. And I think that a journey for a woman sometimes looks a little bit different. And in order to allow her to continue to flourish, I think we have to work with her. Um, And in all the the ways that life has demands of her. And so I've appreciated that support so that I could continue to-
0: Do what you wanna do. Yeah,
1: live my dream too, Mm -hmm. as long as my body will let me you know, at this point. So, yeah. So that's how I kind of got to know about them and stuff. And then it was like, okay, I'm doing this. Like, yeah. I'm, let's yeah, yeah. first it's like, I'm just going to try out and see if I can make the team. And then it's like a little bit more, a little yeah, bit more, yeah, a little yeah. bit more, you know, so.
0: Oh, and then you told me that you just hurt your hamstring. So you're recovering now. I'm recovering. But I feel like with all the experience that you have, you're a little bit more, you're going about it a little bit better now than you were, than if you would have your first hamstring injury maybe?
1: Yeah, yeah, I hope so. So uh, like my body screamed at me three times audibly loud, Mm. like stop it. And I was like, nah, I got this. And then it was like, no, you don't got this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you're gonna be sitting out for the first Mm -hmm. game because you didn't take the time. So I learned a tough lesson um, because I'm not 20 anymore. Yeah. And, um, you'll hear a lot of athletes say that, you know, especially as they hit that mid 30 range, like how you train has to be different. Mm-hmm. And I didn't exactly know or understand that until more recently, mm-hmm. um, that what I do, uh, everything it, has a price. It does. And I may have to take a little bit of extra time or, you know, maybe I can't play four times a week. Maybe two is my max. Mm-hmm. um, And, and that's okay because that's what works for my body, right? Like I don't have to compare myself to the girl that's playing four times and I can only play two. The plan is that we both show up on the same day to play the same game, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter. And we're both fit and ready to go. And so, um, so yes, I've been hitting uh, physical therapy. I hit three times this week. I've got it twice next week on the uh, deal. I've got ice going and compression going and, advil going and uh, you know all Mm -hmm. the things and so i'm i'm doing everything in my power to rest up and play the long game rather than just like try to get better and play in a scrimmage hurt myself again and then have it be another two or three weeks before i can get on the pitch again
0: How has it been for your son to see you playing again
1: i think really good um i think it has created, and both of my sons actually play Academy and stuff too. So the little one, I don't know if he fully understands yet, but the bigger he's, one.
0: He's waking up in messy jerseys. I think he's yeah. fine. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he is in a messy jersey. Um, but I think it's it's helped us bond a little bit mm-hmm. more. And I've been able to coach him and do some different stuff. And I think what's really cool with him, and even with some of the other kids on his team and stuff, when they come out and they watch me play and they see like, oh, Coach Nikki. And when she tells me to go hard, like she's going hard. And so
0: yeah, you can't, because you're you're pr- you're showing them how. So yeah,
1: yeah. So I think it's like there's this level of a different kind of trust with my son too. You know, like if I say. You know, hey, you need to kind of do like this. It's like, okay, mom actually knows what she's talking about, you know, and and that's always hard for a kid, right? Like if you're trying to correct them and stuff, too. But I think what's been really cool for me is, you know, when you think about this life that you this life that I've lived before having children, that was like my whole life. Right. Before even getting married And then it's like, my husband's never seen me play. My kids have never seen me play. And maybe that's in the past, but that's so weird for me that it's like, here you have this whole life before. How do you share that? And so I think what's really cool for me is just being able to have the opportunity to share that with them.
0: A little bit at a time.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that part I think is really cool that you get another chance to let them... See because that's that's part of my identity too, and who who I who you am. are
0: during the two twenty five minute halves is different, yeah, from, from the mom that they get here, so I a hundred percent agree with you, yeah, I don't think my kids have seen me play too much, but I very much resonate with the identity that you have before and the identity that you have now because you live the whole life on the field, you know, mm-hmm. and that life is different from this life, and you know. They're very, 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 very different, but at the same time, that's that's all you. You know the competitiveness and all that stuff. That's deep down in you, even though you think it's not. And you know when you go out and touch a ball, you realize that 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 little guy's still in there. (laughs) It's like and it's fun to pull him out. And maybe you know someone starts talking mess to you, and you realize that oh that that I still got it in me to be able to still say those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, I wholeheartedly know exactly where you're coming from with that. So that's funny. Yeah. And is coaching filling that playing void that you used to have? Because it's totally different.
1: Coaching is totally different than playing. Um, and I don't know which one I like better. A lot of people will finish playing and say like coaching is better than playing. Um, I made a joke the other day because I coached the 2018 um, Boys Academy Red, red Team from uh, NOKC. And, um, you know it's like a cl- it's a cluster months. cuss out there I mean yes. and so I was cracking up with the parents because one of them was like you're just like this little magician because I I'm, I'm out there on the field with the players kind of mm-hmm. like helping them know what to do and stuff and
0: orchestrating them to yeah it sure no like, one's distracted with the butterflies. I don't know how
1: you do all these things that you do and I said because I'm literally playing the game but like they're my chess pieces and so I'm like sitting there trying to like not lose the game and <laughs> you're
0: pushing the goalie the to fall I've yes. seen that clip of the dad that just pushes the dad, the player into the goal.
1: yes so i mean it's it's tough because that age is so hard to yeah. coach but i've also coached up at the you know you you nine level and stuff and with those kids and they're finally starting to combine passes with each other and all of this stuff and so it's really satisfying to see like what you're doing and imparting to them mm-hmm. be put to life mm-hmm. and then at the moment when you can like back off and And just watch watch the game. That's a really cool moment. But I'm not going to lie, like going out there and like physically gritting it out for myself yeah, is yeah. incredibly satisfying as well.
0: I can tell well. you how to kick a ball, but I would much rather go down there and pound it myself. Yeah, I feel like coaching, um, there's different n- niches and every coach needs to find what they prefer and maybe you haven't found it yet. It's kind of like a teacher, you know, there's early development teachers, middle school teachers, there's special ed teachers, there's high school teachers, there's college teachers. Yeah. And you know, some coaches don't like to be in the developmental part of it. Other coaches just like to be where the only thing that matters is the W. Yeah. You know, and um, so, yeah, I, I very much like coaching, too, for that very part. You get to sit back and just watch the habits. or, Because I coached, my first coaching gig was uh, for the PAL, Oklahoma City Police Athletic League. My wife was working at Heronville, and they needed a volunteer coach. So cool. she pulled me up to it, and I was coaching 4th, 5th, and 6th graders. And it was just so fun having to deal with the mayhem that came with all these kids that have never played summer playing club skill levels all over the place but like just i would just put him to scrimmage and just get to watch him play and i'd be like look that that guy he's the smallest one but man does he get stuck in he could be a good center defensive man yeah. <laughs> that guy's pacey and he dribbles i could put him out on the wing and it was just putting together this it was like a movie basically it's a strategy yeah it's a strategy to yeah. it but there's just that there's a beauty when you just get to sit back and watch him win and they ended up winning all city That's awesome. And I was just like, then they never, they're never gonna forget that. Now those kids are seniors in high school, and I'm still coach for those guys. That's awesome. And I only had them for six months, and I was like, how do you explain? You know, um, parents parents are huge in a kids' life, but just right under them are coaches. Yeah. You know, and you told me about those moments that you had with your club coaches. Those, you know, only because you're playing sports, you get that, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: So being a coach, I think, is top of the line.
1: It's a, like, it's a major responsibility because you may be the only parent for some of those Mm. kids even too, or you're, you're the consistent thing every week that they can rely upon and, and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I take the, I take the role really seriously because you're a role model to them as well. And sports should be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, We make it not fun Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And so. The goal is that the kid loves playing, period, Mm -hmm. and um, I take that part of it really seriously. Mm -hmm.
0: So, if you had to tell someone about a Believian or try to convince him to come and watch him play, what would you say?
1: So, the team is good. Mm -hmm. Um, I there's good, solid quality. It's good soccer. It is good soccer. And um, I think what's really cool is you have this like range of age, even on the team too. You have some really, really young players and then some of us are a little bit more seasoned Mm -hmm. and um, you need the seasoned ones, right? Because they have some of the experience or the maturity and then you need the younger ones because they've kind of got that fight and drive Mm -hmm. and, you know, the energy and the stuff like that too. And so I think what's really cool is watching that all mesh together And the other thing that I think is cool, too, is, um, you know, like I said earlier, so many of us, we may not have been able to have this opportunity again, but we still have it in us to play. And so I think what's really cool is to watch women who um, everybody's in a totally different walk of life. Right. Like my walk of life is I've got two kids I work full time. I coach, like I've got a lot on my plate and I'm still getting out there. And then you have these other moms with kids and we're getting our bodies back in shape and we're out there and we're still able to compete and stuff. And so I think just as a community of women in various walks of life, coming together and supporting one another on the field so that we can all achieve this dream that we all have together, I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think culture makes a big difference for any game that you go to, right? Like there's certain cultures around teams that mesmerize you and make you want to come back to the games. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that the culture that we're building here in Oklahoma city, because we're the first women's professional indoor team, um, that will be in the PASL. And so that's a really big deal for women's sports. And that's a really big deal for Oklahoma that we have this, you know, we're seeing the spark. We've got, you know, mm-hmm. women's football team. And like we have these things for women that are happening and I think it's so important that we support that because we have all these other little girls and, you know, little boys mm-hmm. that are looking at what, what I get to do next. Like I have this God given ability and it just has to stop after high school or college. Like, no, like Mm -hmm. you can still keep playing this sport that you love. And I think that if I were encouraging people to come and watch, I would say those things. Like you have these women who are awesome that are coming out Mm -hmm. and playing together and they got fifth out of 17 teams last year. It was a first year. first year. It was a first year. Mm-hmm. So I'll imagine what we can do. You know, we even we're talking about going into the scrimmage, um, this Saturday or this Sunday tomorrow. And, um, and talking about like, here's the things that we have not covered yet. Mm-hmm. And there's several things on that list. So, I don't know how the game's gonna go Sunday. I think it's gonna go well because I think everybody's gonna work their hardest, mm-hmm. but irrespective of whatever yeah, irrespective of whatever the um the outcome ends up being, um, what's cool is we've only just begun, and so there's there's more to come as we learn plays and learn combinations and learn when to high pressure versus when to low pressure and like we didn't maybe we played indoor some growing up but like we came from outdoor Indoor is a different ball game yeah there's literally schemes,
0: plans yes. plays and subs so it, yes.
1: And there's the wall that you use and there's a strategic way to use it and stuff. And so I think that's what's really cool is to think like, okay, you take a bunch of outdoor players, throw them in indoor, they're pretty good. But what happens when you actually teach them how to play indoor? Mm -hmm.
0: Because you can take an, What was it? What's the saying that I said? Um, It's harder for an outdoor player to play indoor. Well, it might be the other way around, but I think it's harder for an outdoor to play indoor than it is for indoor. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you have like a lot of times, sometimes you'll see like Mm -hmm. players really good at outdoor, but maybe they're not as good at indoor or vice versa.
0: It's different from futsal. It is. Because, because of the wall, you know, that wall can, that wall is a cheater. If you're a newbie, you can get away with just hitting it off the wall and running to the other side. Yeah.
1: And you can get away with being lazy Mm -hmm. a little bit more sometimes. It just, it kind of just depends, you know, but, um, I think they're, they're different but the game runs a little bit differently with each one. And there's different, yeah, it's a lot quicker. There's different formations based on the types of players that you have, just like there is an outdoor too, but outdoors a little bit more spread out indoors, a little more compact. So you got to be able to make quick decisions, Mm -hmm. um, or it's going to punish you a little bit quicker, right? Then if you turn the ball in the middle of the field on an 11 v 11 outdoor field, Mm -hmm. you got a little bit of time to try to recover in indoor. You're shooting from half, Yeah, you know, like they can score on in six seconds, you know, So,
0: okay. What's been the funnest part about learning the indoor game as opposed to being an outdoor game? Is the spark coming back, coming back? Or is this just like a a temporary thing for you? Do you think?
1: No, I think, like I said, as, as long as I can keep playing, I'm going to. Um, but I think what's cool for me is like I said a minute ago is like, I, I've never learned how to play indoor, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I know how to play indoor, right? Like see ball, run after it, try Mm -hmm. to put it in the net. Right. But the actual strategy of indoor and and how you play and and all of that stuff, I think is cool because you're never too old to learn something new, mm-hmm. um, and to learn and grow. and And I'm an educator and stuff too. And so, like any time that I can learn a new skill or 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 do something, is is cool to me. And so I I'm really just looking forward to knowing how to play that game a little bit more and then seeing what I can do within that game. And so, um, anyway, that's to answer your question really kind of what I'm excited about. I don't think the spark will go. I think the spark will go when I realize like but one of these up, days so I might not be able to keep up with these girls anymore, but for right now I'm okay.
0: So. You're working on the mm-hmm. dissertation.
1: Yeah. So I graduated with my PhD from Oklahoma state in 2020 um, and so my dissertation that I worked on um, was about the transition to life after sport and athletic identity, that and I
0: find so interesting.
1: Yeah, and and but uh, specifically in the extended transition spaces. So I interviewed women who were seven to seventeen years past collegiate their collegiate eligibility, wow. and what I found was that athletic identity um, it doesn't really transition it translates and so what I mean by that is the best parts of who we are as athletes translate into motherhood um work life home life whatever and I'll give you an example like I was telling you earlier when I play left back um my personality is like I'm I'm the first child uh you know I'm a rule follower, like I, um, I like to see everything in front of me. I like to, to make the play. Um, and so being a left back, I had some boundaries right Mm -hmm. on the sides. And so being in the middle, I don't love the middle as much necessarily.
0: It's a little little more chaotic
1: for me, but some of my friends who are a little little less OCD, Mm -hmm. you know, like the middle. Right. And so that that suits me really well on the outside. And then, you know, I, um, I assisted a lot as a left back and I also took all the set plays. And so just the creativity of those things. Mm -hmm. And so I look at myself now and, I direct strategy, hmm. uh, for a living basically. And, um, I have a business on the side that I design and create things. And so the best parts of me as an athlete, even my position on the field translate into those parts about me. And, and you were probably hearing me tell my son when he came in a little bit ago and was like, I need water. And I was like, dude, go get a water bottle. And he's mm-hmm. like, I can't find the water. And I'm like, well, what do you do when you can't figure out a problem? Mm-hmm. He's Like, look for a solution, you know what I mean? And so it's like, I, you think you hear those things that, you know, are that athlete part of you and stuff. And so I think what's important is, and what came out of that study is that translation piece, but also this piece that. You know, so many people fall apart after sports because their identity is completely wrapped up and absorbed into who they are and in this glorified self of like, yeah, who they were, the good old days and the fans that cheered my name and the NIL deals now Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff. But
0: you can't keep living with what you're used to and what you were.
1: No, but the best is yet to come. It Mm -hmm. isn't that you lived your best life until 22 and then it's all downhill from there. Mm -hmm. And that I think is what was really impactful from doing that study and the dissertation and what I spend a lot of time talking to students about. I work at UCO, um, whether they be athletes or non-athletes or whatever, but specifically the athlete population because that's what the study was geared to was that We need to figure out who you are. Like the sport doesn't define you. You define you, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: God defines you, and you go and you make your mark on this. This is the sport, you make your mark. This is your work, you make your mark. This is your kids, you make your mark. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't end with that. There is better, sorry, there is better and there's more to come. And it's about discovering what Mm. that is inside of you that continues to make this mark on the world. Like I always talk about your fingerprint. Mm -hmm. And you're literally the only person in the world with this fingerprint. fingerprint. There's never been anyone on the Mm. earth like you. And there will never be anyone like you when you leave the earth again. Mm -hmm. And so we want you to make your mark. Mm. You don't just make it one time and then...
0: Call a day. Yeah, you, know, you got more to do. There's more work to be there's done. There's more
1: for you, mm-hmm. and there's this beautiful life in front of you. And I think it's really important to help those athletes learn how to translate the the parts of them that make them amazing athletes into amazing moms and dads and mm-hmm. husbands and wives and workers and coaches, coaches, and coaches and all mentors. the hats, yeah. all the things. Right? Like bosses. There's employees. more. Mm-hmm. There's more.
0: I uh, have a lot of odd things that I like to work on. Like I started doing photography, videography. Heck, I wanted to start doing podcasting. And I don't know where I came up with the words, but I told myself one day, I was like, man, if I can attack any problem, like I attacked my soccer problems, I'd be pretty good. You know, if I can just take that same effort, the same grid that I did with all the soccer problems that I ran into, I could solve damn near any problem I have. And when I put it that way, I was just like, duh,
1: you can, is that that weird? No, (laughs) it was, You can, because you're equipped.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like
1: I was talking about, like, I didn't quit there. Mm -hmm. Like, I look at different aspects in life where I'm, like, in the fetal position because something went down at work and it hurt my feelings. And it's like, okay, I can either quit and get a new job or Mm -hmm. I can, like, stick in and and teach myself to have a conversation. Because when you're on the team, you can't have beef with one of your teammates. Y'all got to sort it out because you got to play together and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so that translates into that life, um, too, and stuff. And so... Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, especially with athletes who are struggling to do well in school and stuff like that, it's like, well, a- apply the same mm-hmm. motivation that you apply out on the field and you've got it. Are you are you gonna be the smartest person in class? No, not necessarily, right? Like no, one, no one's expecting that. We all have our levels of abilities mm-hmm. and stuff, but if you apply yourself, good things will happen. Mm-hmm. Like that is a one plus one equals two situation. And so, um, yeah, like I think it's just, it's taking these best parts of you and unearthing and discovering what they are. And part of that involves doing things outside of sports too, and trying other stuff Mm -hmm. and saying, yes, like we were talking about earlier to like, I'll try that, you know, who knows, maybe I'll be good Mm -hmm. at it. And so, um, yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, well said. Let us let me ask you some random questions just before we close off on the podcast because this has been very fun. We've been going for more than an hour already. Um, if you weren't doing soccer, what would you be doing?
1: If I wasn't, oh, like, like athletically? A,
0: yeah, if you didn't do soccer, what would it have been?
1: So I tried pickleball the other day.
0: I have been trying to do pickleball.
1: It's, it's so fun. Is it? It's so fun. So I don't know. I, I loved volleyball. And I've had some people like invite me out to play mm-hmm. volleyball and stuff. I just like, don't have time to do that right now, but maybe pickleball. Um, cause that I don't know, it was a good workout and it was fun. And
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, was where, where did you play?
1: Uh, chicken and pickle.
0: That's where I've been trying to go. It seems really simple to just go in there and play. And plus, the place is nice. There's a bar, there's food. Yeah. You can't beat that place.
1: There's a place in Edmond, too, over by the um, I think it's called Kicking Bird. Mm-hmm. And there's a, and like you can get a pretty good, I don't know, pickleball membership for not very much money and play and stuff. So we were looking at that one time because my husband and I were like, maybe we could do that on our Fridays yeah, off or, you know, it's the
0: competitive pickleballing.
1: Oh, bless it.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, for people that are in a position that you're in, do you have any advice for those that are just feel overwhelmed, busy they're they're working, they have kids, they're doing, they're trying to do an extracurricular activity, but just, they can't find the time. They just, it doesn't seem possible. Um, it, you know, time isn't ours right now, but how, any advice for those people that want to just add a, something personal to
1: that? I think it's hard and it's individual for each person. Right. But for me, I, I live by this thought that we make time for the things that are important to us. But I also recognize that are there are different seasons in life for things, And some seasons don't lend well to wearing all the hats and doing all the things. Um, A friend of mine told me the other day, he was like, I'm really like, I can't believe you do all the things that you do. And I was like, I literally don't know how it's happening other than I feel like I'm just graced in this season right now. Like I just, it's just a grace season for me. Like it's all just kind of working, but it doesn't work easily. I mean... We, we still don't know our oblivion schedule or our full-on practice schedule yet and stuff. And I've got teams that we have games that I'm coaching and I moved a bunch of stuff the other weekend. And, you know, I'm, I move what I can when I can, but sometimes I can't. And so it's this, uh, you know, okay, do I miss oblivion or do I miss my kid's game? And it's not and never is an easy decision. And for me, it's not always a straightforward decision. And I know that that may sound really weird to some people because they're like, well, you should always choose your kids. And like, I agree, you should always try to choose your kids. But I also consider that um, me only choosing them doesn't demonstrate to them that I also choose me mm-hmm. and that it's important that I also take care of myself too. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I may not be at every single one of their games and they need to know that I support them and love them regardless because that motivation and drive comes from within and not from who's in the stands. Mm -hmm. And so the other day I had to make a really difficult decision to not go to their games and go to oblivion practice. And the reason for that decision was we, we have game this weekend And I need to be at that practice. Um, And that was the call that I made. Unfortunately, I got hurt at that practice, which stinks, but it is what it is. And so um, I feel like there's oftentimes an opportunity cost of when you pick one thing, you're not picking something else. And um, what I do is I'm a very scheduled person. We put our kids to bed around 730 every night. Um, so that we, I mean, it doesn't work out perfect every night, but we try, um, so that we have time to do the other things that are going on. But I mean, I have a calendar on the phone and we share the calendar, me and my husband, and I'm really blessed to have a supportive husband, um, and a, and a partner and teammate in him who helps me and, you know, is, does the laundry, you know, and, 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 and picks the kids up and does the things too and is like in it with me um, and helps me to like sort through in my brain when it's like, what should I do, you know, and stuff. And so I know not everybody's married or may have that, but like there are friends, there are family, there are people. And so um, you have to have people in your corner who you can talk to about stuff. And um, I think that a lot of times people talk themselves out of something before they ever try. Mm -hmm. and so what my recommendation would be is if you think you want to do this just go to the next practice just do it yeah or just do the next step Mm -hmm. you don't have to do 17 steps just do the next one and then after you do that one then take the next one and that's literally what got me through my dissertation too because I could look like it took me seven years to finish my PhD. But if I kept looking at that endpoint and comparing myself to the guys in the program who didn't have babies and weren't married and, you know, didn't have all these other things going on, I I wouldn't have stayed motivated to do that. Um, my journey is my own and I just take it a day at a time. Yes, I'm planned. But sometimes the plan changes and you have to be flexible and you know what, you missed that one practice and if it hurts you, whatever, just go out there and and crush it the next time and and prove that you deserve to be out there. Like not every decision is the end of the world. It's just that decision for that day and you get to make another one two seconds later, so.
0: Well said, thank you. Well, um, can you invite everybody to the Oblivion Oblivion game this season? Yeah. Give us one more invitation just to send us off.
1: So we would love for people to come to our games this season. We've got a season opener coming up this weekend at noon at ISA is where we play most of our games unless we're traveling and stuff, which if you're around, come and come and see us when we're traveling too. We're we're pretty local in the region. Um, but yeah, we'd love for you to come out and support us, cheer loudly when we score, help us create this culture for, mm-hmm. um, for women's sports in Oklahoma and for soccer in particular, and um, Please come to the games. Uh try one, right? Like just it'll be a fun. It's a fun environment. It's a family oriented environment. Um and it's a really it's just it's fun to watch. Soccer is a really fun sport to watch. And with indoor it's kinda like hockey. And mm-hmm. so it's like quick line changes and these kinds of things. So I, I think it'll be really fun for people to come out and see and would love to have as many people at the game.
0: I think people will be surprised at the level. So I think they're going to like it a lot. Do you, Since you made the comparison there being like hockey, you didn't think about maybe having your brother give you some advice on some indoor <laughs> tactics and what to look out for, That's how so to funny. read the space, how to maybe come up with some hockey plays that can transition well on to indoor
1: soccer. that's an interesting uh commentary there and i did think about that but just haven't talked to him yet mm-hmm. because he's super busy right now but yeah i think it would be interesting i have been um i've talked to coach tony a little bit on on some of this stuff just depending on where they're having me play this season because there's different lineups and formations right of and different
0: different plays uh, different you know, plays might and be things more offensive more defensive yes
1: and I've been watching different films of teams and stuff just to kind of see like how the different...
0: How they move. Yeah. What, what, yeah.
1: So, yes, it's coming, right? Mm-hmm. And and we'll be learning some of that stuff. But, yeah, I, I think that would be cool to have a conversation with yeah. Rock about it, the difference with hockey. Our, our games actually are going to be streamed live on um, Facebook Live and stuff too. Nice. So if, if you can't make a game, you can, watch it you can definitely catch us on Facebook.
0: Oblivion Oklahoma.
1: Oblivion Oklahoma. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And you'll, you know, we've got a lot of cool giveaways going on right now, too. If people want to go out to our Facebook and Instagram pages, that would be awesome. They're
0: selling coffee there. I mean, I see we're following a new person every day on the Oblivion website. Yeah. Following. Day in the life. life. Yes, the day in the life activity. So they are on it. Yeah, I've been following and they are doing a really good job. It makes me excited to see what's to come. This only being year two. So shout out to the organizers and the players, too. So. Yeah. It's gonna be a good season. Well,
1: in businesses, there's lots of great opportunities mm-hmm. for businesses to sponsor us too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always looking for more sponsors who who want to be a part of it, um, and you know, get your logos and stuff on the sleeves yeah. and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of, and there's I will tell you for sure because I work with corporate partnership programs at UCO and stuff too. There's a lot of great marketing opportunities for businesses who um, contribute to the team, and it's in my opinion very affordable, mm-hmm. um, for what you get out of it and stuff too. And so we would love to have more people sponsor and, and wear your, wear your company's yeah, logo yeah. on our jerseys and, and have it in the programs and the tickets and all that kind of fun stuff.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, it was very nice to meet you. Um, I loved your story. Um, shout out to your mom. Um, tell <laughs> her she has a fan. Um, cause I feel like, uh, she played a really, really big role and yeah, this was fun.
1: Yeah. Well, it was good to meet you, too.
0: Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's been another episode for the people that have been listening. We appreciate you guys for listening up to this point And check us out at the Oblivion Oklahoma Games. Thank you.